Hello, and welcome to Banking Transformed. I'm your host, Jim Roos, founder and CEO of the Digital Bank Report and co-publisher of the financial brand. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing the increasing importance of an improved customer experience in banking. More than just a pretty veneer on a smartphone or a reduced steps in a new account opening process, customer experience can be impacted by fintech collaboration strategies, innovation, biometrics, and even the role banks take in trying to address global social issues. For a perspective on improving customer experiences through digital technologies and the importance of innovation in financial services, I'm joined today by Sophie Heller, Chief Operating Officer for Retail Banking at BNP Paribas. Sophie joined BNP Paribas in 2016 after spending seven years as the head of retail banking at ING Direct in France. I had the opportunity to sit down with Sophie during a recent visit to Paris and was impressed by her amazing energy, passion for banking, and commitment to digital transformation. Well, Sophie, it's really great to have you on the show today. And when we met in Paris, as I mentioned, that it was just such a great engagement and got to know you a little bit. But more importantly, the amount of things that you're doing at BNP Paribas, it's quite amazing. And in your LinkedIn profile, you mentioned that you're interested in transforming existing organizations towards customer-centric organizations with a state-of-art digital capabilities. And you've been mm. doing this for 20 years. Is that true? Yeah, yes, it's true. Though I, it was a very different because I started more as an entrepreneur and then I went into a more medium-sized company and now I'm really tackling a very, very big organization such as BNP Paribas, you know. So it's an increase in complexity, which is good because I, I could really... Uh, leverage on my past experience, but it's still a, it's an, a very exciting challenge. So, Sophie, we look at the whole issue of personalization as being a, one of the keys of what we can do with digital capabilities and moving that forward. How are you reinventing the personalization of the experience and the customer experience overall at BNP Paribas? I think there's a couple of reasons why we need to reinvent uh, customer experience and even more globally the business model. Uh, we have new competition, neobanks and GAFA, just, Google just announced something recently. New expectation from customers, as you say, they want more personalized, they want quicker, easy and cheap. We have the low rate environment that puts a lot of pressure on revenues and regulation as costs. So it's really about redefining not only how we acquire customers, how we serve them and how we equip them. So I think that we can go progressively through all of those three items, but I think this is pretty much everything that needs to be covered through this uh, reinvention. Yeah, let's go through those three items. That'd be great. So if we start with the acquisition, I think that the um, the one bank fits all strategy doesn't work anymore. And we, in the recent years, as far as we are concerned, we've really come out with a new, uh, simple, cheap digital offers uh, based on what clients want most. So if I take an example, um, Compte Nickel is an IBAN and a card and an app for people that just want to pay and get paid. So they don't need credit. They don't want a mortgage. They don't want investment. They just be, want to be able to, um, to pay, but they still want to manage cash. So it's a very simple offer. But in partnership with the network of the 6,000 Tobacco shops, we can also manage the, the cash uh, aspect. If I take another example for uh, people that are self-directed and they're looking for daily banking as well as simple saving and credit, we have Elo Bank. So what I mean by those two examples is that 
we can no longer have the same offer for everyone because in function of your situation, your context, your attitude, you will want different things in your life. And so the bank needs to really uh, reinvent this, uh, these offers. And I must say that we also recently started to do this also, uh, not only through our brand or directly with customers, but also in the ecosystem logic with partners. So I can take the example of... Uh, Telepass, I don't know if you're familiar with that. If you, have you been to Italy recently? Yes. Yeah, it's the leading toll payment uh, brand. So what we've done is that with them, we created an, um, an app for professionals, but also for individuals, where you can manage everything around mobility. So pay for the toll, of course, but the petrol, automatic invoicing also for the petrol, which is important for SMBs, small business but also pay for your, organize for a car lease and et cetera. And so it's a way for us to acquire actually uh, a lot of customers through a completely different channel. So they come with uh, these basic offers and then you need to discover what are the other needs they have that you can cover. So it's it's really completely redefining a new strategy um, for acquisition. And this is, I think, the first important part of a reinvention of customer experience. So when we're looking at these different acquisitions and deployments that you're doing for acquisition, you're almost implementing an open banking model to acquire different segments of customers that would not have normally been served as well in the typical BNB Paribas, right? Yeah, this is exactly it. Because when you look at the Comte Nickel, and by the way, you know that was uh, an acquisition. Uh, so it's, it was actually a fintech that were... Uh, that was created by entrepreneurs. And we realized that we didn't have the right offer that this for this type of clients, so we bought the company. In the case of uh, Telepass, it's it's not an acquisition, it's really a partnership with a, not a fintech, but a, a big organization, which is this uh, toll payment leader. But the idea is, is really to start, um, it's the same common point between the two, is the really you are much more precise about what type of customers want what. So what is the value for them? And then you need to design your offers around what they value most. And this is a very big change for banking because the bank used to say, okay, I'm a, I'm a bank. So I'm sitting there at every corner of streets and people will come in. So I think that one of the things that digital changes into the acquisition, but not only, but now we are talking about acquisition, is the fact that you need to be much more precise at identifying exactly the value added that you provide for each kind of customers. So what you've done then also, you deploy some of these different solutions into different markets, and and you have numerous markets worldwide. Do you then use those almost as test labs that you might end up then rolling out the same type of services in other markets? Maybe I'm going to uh, surprise you, but I really don't believe in labs. I mean, I don't believe in labs as a separate organization because I think that the big risk in having a lab is that you conceive something which is completely outside of the company and then you don't get the buy-in, you don't get the integration to really make it work. It can work perfectly for completely standalone business. So maybe we take an example after that with the LeafPay, which is really a startup, which sep- it's completely separate. And that, and in that case, it works. But I think that in that case, when we're talking uh, telepaths, we're talking about still a way to acquire new clients through this partnership, open banking partnership, but for the bank. And in that case, it's much more efficient to work 
with the small dedicated teams, of course, with the new uh, ways of working, and we'll come back to that, I think. But in a, an environment where you already have the people of the bank involved from the start, so you make sure that you can industrialize. Otherwise, the big risk of the lab is that you, you have something which is like a proof of concept, but you are not able to uh, scale it and uh, industrialize. So when you worked at ING, one of the major benefits that they had was their agility, but just as importantly, their speed and ease of use right at the beginning of the customer experience. How are you improving the speed and ease of use of your services at BNP? I think that the what and the how and, and, and your question is important because we need to be very concentrating on defining what we want to do, but also have the, the right attention to how we are going to do it. And I think that in the how, and under your question, I understand how you transform a big organization such as BNP Paribas. I'm in the job for three years now. And um, when I realize what really I've learned from this experience is that I think that you need to come with a holistic and long-term view because this is really a system that you are changing. Second, I would say that you really need to have a direction and you need to come with some method and you need to explain to the people why you need to transform, how you're going to transform and how you're going to do it. What works really well, I think it's uh, make sure that you experiment. Everything that you talk about, you make a pilot, you make a success with the people that then need to take it further so that they have a first success, they are happy with the results and they can talk to other people in the organization to scale it. So let me take just two concrete examples. Uh, we've mentioned when uh, when you were in Paris, the fact that in order to change the culture of the organization, we've implemented the net promoter system with the 100,000 people. And of course, this is huge, but the way we've done it, it's taking a bit of the system, which was, for example, measuring uh, the branch satisfaction and get the service regularly after the customer were in, and have the branch people call back all the detractors, being really into a listening mode so that they could then once a week have a meeting where they would sort out all the problems that were in their hand. In order to do that, we've done those pilots with 10 different branches uh, and, re and at some regions. And by coaching the people, they realized that it was really different from what they were doing before. And I think unless you really implement it very concretely with the people and they experiment what it is to do those type of callbacks and this type of meeting, they actually don't understand how different this is from what they were used to do. So I think this, for me, as a key success factor is really having the method, but then pilot it, always find people that are going to spread the good news for you. Another example would be in artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence, we were convinced in my team uh, with the data scientists that uh, we could really improve the scoring algorithm that we use. So we've made a few pilots in uh, private car lease business and also credit for a pro. And we were able to generate amazing growth in uh, NBI with the same level of risk. And that came really quickly. So when we implemented the two algorithm and we made the proof by doing it, then it broke the result. Then you can convince the whole organization to do it systematically. So I think, yeah, holistic and long-term view, the direction, the pilot, and also maybe the central team also or in the local team. You need to have people that have the expertise, the passion, and that are able to coach and train the people on the field. Because this is really a big work. And for most of the people in the organization, this is not their work. They have the business as usual to do. 
And this is on top of, so you really need to provide that support. This is a little bit the four points that I think are really important uh, after those uh, three years of experience. So one of the other things you've done to improve the customer experience and to get closer to what the customer's journey is, is you, you build a partnership with uh, and working with um, Personetics. Yeah. And how are you using them right now? Because you're, you're obviously the, uh, I think, the first implementation overseas yep. of the Personetics model. How are you using that model? We talked before about necessity to review the acquisition and the other two parts are how do you serve your clients differently and how you sell differently and you equip them differently. So Personetics for me is a great enabler for the two and the three. Let me explain. The two, I think that People that are using digital services all the time, they expect the bank to adapt to that. So whenever you want to change your credit limit, you want to manage your uh, daily accounts, you want to be able to do as maximum on your own. So we developed over the recent years really many functionalities on the mobile and that works really just fine. But now the next step, and this is where Personetics comes into play, is that I think we are very good at having a lot of functionalities and you can do many things in Sociafka mobile. But then the paradox is that the most of the products, especially the uh, relatively complex products, they still require a human to be sold because these are not impulsive products that you wake up in the morning and you say, oh, I'm going to buy a credit or a saving account. So Personetics, for me, it's a part of our strategy. It's a core capabilities to implement the strategy, which is really starting to have and engage a personalized conversation through the mobile with a client. And Personetics help us to uh, implement insights personalized insights for the customers. So that can be things as uh, simple as uh, we look at the account and you will say you will receive a message telling you uh, your account suggests that you hit your credit limit a few times. Maybe this is time to upgrade your car to a premier or infinite car that has a higher limit. And in that case, you will be able maybe to subscribe online directly. But imagine another insight that we will provide that will say, we notice that you have a capacity to save 100 euro each month, but you don't have a saving program. Would you like to discuss that with your relationship manager and click here to book an appointment? So I think the next thing that we've been very busy the two last year in really building state-of-the-art application for managing the daily banking, that works fine. We had some awards, but now the, the next frontier is the one of using mobile to really have those conversations. So this uh, initiative you mentioned with Personetics is already live uh, since one year in uh, Luxembourg. So we tested the first part that was clients really love receiving those insights. So it can be the type of example that I gave you, but other things that are also very useful for the customers, such as you bought something on Amazon and this is the credit back or any other e-commerce firm. So you're sure that you've been reimbursed. And what we are really busy now is really building those insights where we will detect opportunity for contacts also with a relationship manager. So if this is where the mobile is the center of gravity of the relationship, but it's really in relationship with the account manager. So really, you do see a utilization or a deployment that really mixes digital with human, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. We are convinced that we have different models because I think, as I said before, uh, we are all different and we have different attitudes and our attitudes also vary in time. So I think that 
we'll see a cohabitation, I think, of very simple and completely digital offers. We'll see digital offers where you can always have uh, someone, a call center, just for assistance. Or you will have a little bit more complete models where you'll have always the digital at the center, but then you have possibility to have more expertise, more bespoke advice because you're talking about investment, preparing your retirement, but also making sure your house is properly insured and all those things that are better suited for human conversation. And I think as a bank, which is not, we have digital banks, but we also want to continue to have this relationship on more complex needs. This is where the fascinating thing for the years to come is really to reinvent those digital applications. My vision is that our applications currently and pretty much all applications are very much still driven by the old way of um, presenting the accounts that were on paper. So we put the accounts and we put your statement and et cetera. But if you think of it, and for the customer, and we've already prototyped some examples that are really uh, liked by the customer, as a customer, you would like to know that you have your house, and this is what regards your house. So you have your mortgage, you have uh, all the invoice and the cost related to your house. Maybe you have also the estimation of the value of the house in, in your neighborhood, the last transaction. Uh, you want to know also that all the utilities contract are those ones, and maybe you could save some money by changing provider. And then you have another environment that are your kids. So your kids, uh, do you have saving plan? Uh, you have something that you are working on to prepare the financing of their uh, studies in the university. And maybe you have another topic, which is retirement. So I think that for me, the next evolution, the next generation of digital application will be much more organized around the themes or the objective of each person. And this is where also we go back to uh, the theme of open banking you were uh, telling before, because, of course, the more you move into an ecosystem and need-oriented digital application, and the more you will partner with people that are bringing new services into those environments. So, yeah, I do really believe that this is the way. You mentioned open banking, and, and this week we did have the announcement of Google possibly partnering with Citibank and another financial firm. But the reality is what they're doing is they're using their vast platform to try to get more engaged in the customer's life. And, and from what you've discussed and what we've discussed in the past, that's really what your bank's trying to do. You're trying to expand the services so that there's greater engagement on a daily basis in all different ways, not just in a traditional banking way, Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I think that in Europe in particular, people are very concerned with privacy and with data protection. And they still regard banks very much as a trusted partner for everything that regards the security, the money and the data. And they view the bank as really legitimate to talk about many issues that involve money in a certain way. So the house is where you need to take decisions that may really impact your money but as well your health, uh, also mobility. Mobility represents 13% of your budget. So it's everything which is really impacting your budget. I think the bank is legitimate to help you find better solutions. So this is a little bit the limit uh, that we, we set. Uh, and the way we do it is really uh, test and learn. So we've prioritized those three ecosystems, home, mobility, and health. And we are doing experiment at the moment on those three. So things will work out well and we continue when things will uh, fail and we, we, we just try something else. So the big tech firms such as Amazon, Apple, Google, Facebook have taken their services and are expanding into financial services. 
Where do you see possibly the whole opportunity of open banking for a financial institution to expand maybe outside of traditional financial services to other elements of a consumer's life? How do you, how do you see that possibly playing out? Well, I, I think, as I said, I think I, I mentioned you the example of the transport because transport is a big theme at the moment. And maybe that can liaise a little bit with also the mission of the group BNP Paribas uh, since you met Antoine. As a bank, we really are aiming at having a positive impact on the future for a better future. And one of our focus is really helping our clients go green. Two days ago, I was attending the result of a UX research that we've done with customers. And we see that we have different buckets of customers, but you have some customers that are really ready to give up their car and they maybe they would like to have a more green mobility, but they don't know exactly how to do. So because we are also having this private car lease inside the group, Arvan, you know, is uh, one of the worldwide leaders in car lease. We are setting up now those offers where you can actually uh, have the comparison of what your current car is costing you globally, what would be the cost of moving to an electric car. And because a lot of people are a little bit reluctant to uh, switch completely, we understand that from this research that people want to be able to test that solution. So we are uh, structuring an offer where you can actually test an electric car for a couple of months. And then if you like it, you will uh, contract uh, further. So this is one area, very concrete area where the bank is actually expanding uh, beyond. It's legitimate because you're still talking about how you optimize your budget and you facilitate the life of the customer. And that also is in line with our group mission to have the positive impact. Well, you know, you mentioned that. And one of the things that really impressed me when we visited uh, Paris was your organization's commitment to improving the social elements of things around a consumer, from the going green, as you mentioned, to some of the health issues and education issues, and as we sort of said, the access to energy. Can you explain any of the other services or the other expansions that you're doing that really help the overall brand, but also yeah. help the consumer? I think that we've taken really a radical decision in terms of investment, for example. So our subsidiary asset management has decided to go 100% for socially responsible investment. So I think this is a very strong choice. I'm personally 100% convinced that this is a good choice because this is really making an announcement in the politics of the company very consistent with the reality. So you say, yeah, I want to promote for a better future and I start to change myself. So all my investment, all the investment that I provide to my clients are going to be 100% SRI. This is a very strong uh, decision, I think. And it's one example. Uh, if we're talking more into the, the, the business sector, we've taken very strong commitment, but this is not really retail, it's more on the corporate side. But we were the banks to take the most radical decision uh, not to finance polluting energy, for example. So this is really, as a bank, I think we have a role and people expect us to have a positive contribution to the society. So you do this on how do you help your customer go green, how you favor the financing of green project or green energy rather than polluting energy. And for example, uh, we are also structuring this program for retail clients where we help you go green. So we've identified that 
The easiest way for a bank to help you go green is to uh, look at your mobility. So this is example that I was taking with the electric car, but also look at your home. So with your home, what we are looking at is partnering with a specialist company that can make a diagnostic when you're owning your house. You can have a full diagnostic in terms of energy. And then we can come up with the financing and the solutions with the decisions you need to take to reduce the carbon footprint or improve the isolation, for example, of your house. So these are very concrete things that help customer and help society at the same time. Well, it's funny, as we wrap up this conversation, one of the things that came out of my meeting with you, and I don't know if you know this yet, but I've reached out to your team. Your team is going to help me next year make it so I have a zero carbon footprint for for my travels and all that. So, you know, I'm working with your team to basically figure out how I can purchase carbon offsets to take take advantage of making it so that my extensive flights and hotel stays and everything else that we can make it so that I have a zero carbon footprint next year. So you definitely impressed me in that category. So that's that was exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. It, it was great to extend our conversation that we had in Paris and to dig deeper into some of the issues. And it's, it's obvious you have a lot of energy as a leader and you're, you're making an impact on the organization as a, um, a leader that came from another organization that was vastly different. But the impact, obviously, is, is being shown in your organization. So, again, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much. This was really nice exchanging with you. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for listening to Banking Transformed. If you enjoyed today's interview, please be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. And remember, it's important to subscribe on the podcast app because that allows you to get notification each Tuesday when a new episode goes live. Also, be sure to catch my recent articles on the financial brand and check out our amazing research we are doing on digital transformation, retail banking innovation, the digital customer experience, and financial marketing for the Digital Banking Report. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our producer, Bridget Coyne, and audio engineers, Sean Rule Hoffman and Dave Douglas. I'm your host, Jim Maroos. Until next time, have a great week. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.